Ring-a-ding-ding, I better shake a leg and give the lowdown to you peoples about what the new episode's about. So warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, vampires, pillar men, cyborg Nazis, chariot races, greasy poles, and ambercrombies. Listener discretion is advised. Zan's Bizarre Adventure Part 2, Return of the Ripple. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spark and Monger Review. I'm your host, Zan. How you doing today? Pretty good. It's Thanksgiving weekend and, well, it's the week before Thanksgiving. And then after that, this weekend is my birthday. I turn 28. Can you believe it? So it should be pretty cool, pretty fun, pretty rad, you know? Can't wait for it. Feel good. Worked this morning and I'm off Thanksgiving, but I gotta work Christmas and New Year's, but that's not a problem because I'm doing good. And, well, oh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. First off, welcome to you new listeners. Spirekins is either that provides information and reviews about manga. Pretty much what happens is, every episode I'll review one or two manga, depending on the situation, give you some information about it, and just give you the knowledge you need to be able to purchase manga that's good for you, that you can get online without having to worry about having to go, hey, this manga looks really good on the internet, the synopsis is good, and you buy it, and it sucks. I do all the dirty work for you, so you don't have to deal with substandard manga. You don't have to agree with anything I say, but... Keep an open mind. I do give you some information, information, and I'm heard I'm a little bit entertaining. Just a little bit. But, again, that's neither here nor there. And for those of you who are returning again, welcome back, guys. Hope you're doing good. Yep, so I'm here with my customary candy. This time, instead of lemon heads, I got nerds. No problem. Mm, so good. I'm 28 years old and still eating nerds. What the hell is wrong with me? But, we're not here to talk about my dietary concerns. We're here to talk about manga. Because this is a manga podcast. I talk about manga and other things. And yeah, I know, 28 years old and turned old. I've been into manga since I was 16. I love it. Into anime since I was 18. That's Sorry, 16. I also love it. But again, that's neither here nor there. I'm babbling a little bit too much, yes. And this is a very special episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review. Now you're probably wondering, why is it a special episode? Because exactly 50... Five episodes ago, 55 episodes, it's been a long time, I reviewed the first part of a series, and what happened was I spun the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated unto me that I'd be reviewing the series again. Well, what happened was, there was a series I reviewed a long time ago, which was a huge series, and I'm talking gigantic. I mean, this series has over 900 chapters. 900 chapters, can you believe that? That's over 10,000 pages worth of art and story, which is pretty cool. And I couldn't just read one little section of it and say, hey, this is okay, this kind of sucks. You know, give just one reaction. So I said, you know what, I'm going to break it up into story arcs, and I'll review each story arc one at a time. So that way you can get the full ambiance of why this series is so good or bad, or so on and so forth. And so, if you remember, from the last episode of Spire and Manga Review, I spun the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated to me that I'd be reviewing a very cool manga. I'd be reviewing the second story arc of... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. 
So yes, yeah, so I'm going back to JoJo's. Now, before I get into the basic information about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, all the little neat things here and there about it, and all the little synopses, I have to first give you a little bit of a recap about it. So for those of you who haven't heard the last time I did this, which was episode 23, Zan's Bizarre Adventure Part 1, um, basic information about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is it was written by Hirohiko Araki, published by Shuisha, brought to English by Viz Media. However, the, it starts volume one in English, is the third story arc of this series, not the first two. So we're at the one right before the stand introduction, introduction of Jotaro. But anyway... Demographic is it's a shonen. It's a fighting series with action, adventure, supernatural suspense, and it is the last. This is the last introduction of our, well, weird protagonist because it changes after this story arc. So it's a little bit different. Came out originally 1987 to 1999. There's over 63 volumes. Like I said, there's over 900 chapters. There's two different mangas. Like I said, the first one was the first series, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, then there was the sequel series, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean, which came out 2000 to 2002, then there was the new series, Stone Ball Run, sorry, Steel Ball Run, which, that came out 2004 and is still going on, so JoJo's is still coming out, so there's even more than that. There's light novels, animes, and several video games, which I heard were awesome. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself with all the basic garbage. So, to bring you up to speed with the whole because everything is connected in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure even though the protagonist changes a lot of stuff does stay the same now if you didn't hear the last episode like I said episode 23 long story short 10,000 years ago Mayan Empire some guy sacrifices someone over a stone tablet with this weird creepy stone mask now no one knows why but he says I will gain power with this stone mask blah ha 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 fast forward to 1860. 1860 were the opening of the first story arc, Phantom Blood, comes out, and you find out more about this stone mask. What happens is if you put this stone mask on, you become a vampire, a really weird type of vampire, where instead of sucking blood, you get these weird tendrils that you put into people and it sucks their blood for them, and introduces us to the Joestar family, with Jonathan Joestar, the protagonist, and his arch-nemesis, his stepbrother, the evil... Dio Brando, and introduces a lot of other unique characters, including Zeppeli and Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Yes, this series has a lot of music references to it. So, long story short, huge story arc of him trying to defeat his evil stepbrother who killed his father, Jojo, or Jonathan, defeats Dio in a huge battle, and he saves the day, blah la la. And then, at the end of the series, since I didn't give spoilers last time, what happens is that Dio is still alive. He didn't die. Even though he's a vampire, he's still alive, and they end up killing each other. Well, you think Dio is dead, but Jonathan died, and Jonathan's wife, Arena, was left a widow. And she adopted a small child, also, who they found on the ship when it was sinking, so I think that sets everything up. Oh! Yes, one other thing. Jonathan was also a master of the ripple technique, which was taught to him by this man named Zeppeli. I think it was Led Zeppeli. Led Zeppelin. Enough said. And so let's get on with this new series. So, the second story arc, it takes place as opposed to in the 1800s. This takes place in 1930. Pretty cool. And what happens is that it opens up with the return of 
one of the greatest characters from the first series, Robert E.O. Speedwagon, who was Jonathan's best friend, and now he's become a rich oil tycoon, and he has aged. It's not like he's young, he's got pretty old. And then there's his friend, Straits, whose partner, Dyer, Dyer Strait, enough said, haha, is still alive, and he's actually still young, because the ability which that Straits and Jonathan were taught... The Ripple allows him to stay young for perpetually longer than usual, which is kind of cool. And for those of you who don't remember, the Ripple is this martial arts technique which kind of manipulates, it gives you the power of the sun. So if you're fighting a vampire and you use the Ripple, it's like using direct sunlight directly into them to kill them. It's pretty cool. Like the example that they use to show what the Ripple can do is the original master punches a frog that's on top of a rock, yet he breaks the rock and the frog is fine. Pretty cool. So... Anyway, what happens is that Ario Speedwagon is and his friends, since he's now rich, have found this weird pillar in Mexico. So they go to Mexico, and as he goes to Mexico, there's a man inside this pillar, surrounded by those stone masks that were introduced in the first volume, which turned Dio into a vampire. And they're like, what the hell is this? We have to destroy it. And as he's debating about destroying it, suddenly something bad happens. Straits, his friend for over... 40 years, betrays him and and tries to kill him while sacrificing his blood to this being, the Stone Man. And so, fast forward to the United States and New York, where you're introduced to a new member of the Joestar family, Joseph Joestar, who is the main character in this series, and he's the grandson of Jonathan Joestar, and he lives with his grandmother, Arena, who was the wife of Jonathan, so everything comes full circle. And what happens is, He's introduced in this way where he's drinking a Coca-Cola, and there's this kid named Smokey, this black kid who ends up stealing his wallet, and these cops, which are drawn very ugly, proceed to harass this kid. So, Joseph decides to defeat the hell out of these guys, and just, well, he kicks their ass without even punching him with using the soda bottle, because water conducts the ripple. And he saves this kid named Smokey, who is, well stereotypical black kid drawn like the old school racist pictures with the of course the big lips and well they end up having a friendship and Joseph is very he's kind of weird compared to Jonathan who is very well I didn't like Jonathan Joseph I like a little bit better but the thing which annoys me about Joseph is he's constantly like you're gonna say this and he recites exactly what the guy says a second later so it's kind of what the hell is he he's just a know-it-all he's very tricky I mean, he knows the rudimentary method of the ripple, but what he does primarily is he's like, okay, I'm going to punch you now. You looking for me to punch you? Well, I'm going to just, instead of punching you, I'm going to stab you with this knife instead, because it's a trick. Ha ha! But either way, we're getting off topic. So, back to Mexico. What happened is that, surprisingly, Straits is still alive. Well, he's now a vampire, and he's coming to kill Jojo. We're going to call Joseph Jojo from now on. And, meanwhile, as he went to that, Speedwagon's still alive, but he's been rescued by an evil secret, well, not evil, but the secret Nazi facility, which is in Mexico, and they're trying to resurrect this stone pillar man. And it's led by this Nazi known as Stroheim, who looks surprisingly like Guile, which this might be the influence of Guile. Like, remember earlier uh, in Riccio, the guy looked like M. Bison might have been the concept design, the concept idea for him, same concept. Anyway, doesn't matter. 
So, long story short, Nazis end up being able to activate this man who's named Santana. They call him Santana because he's this great, like, super vampire. And he ends up being able to eat the stone vampire guys. The guys with the stone masks turn to vampires are his food. And they say, okay, the food chain is this. If you have the stone mask on your human, you are the... You become a vampire who eats humans. If you're one of these guys, these pillar men, you eat the stone vampire men and you eat humans. So it's kind of weird and creepy. So anyway, the stone guy, Santana, goes crazy, ends up trying to kill everybody, and Jojo ends up trying coming to save the day because he had to save, well, Speedwagon because he's a family friend and blah, blah, blah. I know, this is kind of hard to follow, but anyway... So what happens is that once they fight, of course, Jojo defeats Santana, and this leads into a further thing where there's actually three more Sleeping Pillar men. And he is introduced to his new best friend, Caesar Antonio Zeppeli, who is the great-grandson of the original Zeppeli. And he's also a Ripple user. And it's kind of a lot of people who are mentors to someone else come back, and it's just very odd. So, long story short, once they're together, the three sleeping men awaken from their 2,000-plus-year nap, and these one are all evil, and they're like the vampire gods-esque. And there are three of them. It's Wham, ACDC, and Cars. Now, if you don't get the joke yet, you've lost your mind. And pretty much these guys, they're like super powerful, and they all have different abilities. Like the one Cars, who's the king of them all, he has the ability to make these things called Bright Sabers. Ha 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 ha. What they are, they're these blades that come out of his body, which they seem to glow at light, but in actuality, it's like there's a bunch of little blades on it which move super fast. So it's like a vibroblade almost. Then you have ACDC, who he has super hot blood. Like his blood boils at 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and he throws it. And he's kind of a crybaby because if he gets hurt, he cries for like five minutes like a little girl. Then he's like, I'm fine now, and I'm super strong. And then wham, wham. He's got the ability to control wind. So it's almost like a demented Captain Planet thing. Wind, water, blah. Oh, I forgot to say, Santana, his ability was that he could really just... He was just badass. Like, he's able to contort his body to fit through a two-centimeter big ventilation shaft. And he didn't die at the end. He kind of just turned into dust. And what happens is, if as long as ultraviolet's on the dust, he won't reform. So he's conceivably not dead by the end of the series. But anyway, so what happens is that these three super pillar gods, they're trying to find the red stone of Asia, which what happens is when you have this stone, you put in one of their stone masks, it could make the super uber ultimate form. So it's all about everyone wants to become better than their current level. The only people who don't are Joey Joestar and Zeppeli and the Gal ripoff. Oh, Stroheim he gets killed, and he comes back as a freaking cyborg. Like, and it's a very grotesque cyborg, because at first, like, oh, he's just got a metal thing on his head. No. Opens up his chest, he's got a freaking Gatling gun in his chest. He's got laser beams in his eyes. And, oh, yes, forgot the... Speaking of weapons that are inside the body, the vampires, quote-unquote, their abilities are really weird. Like, they have these weird laser beams that come out of their eyes, and you actually see their eye kind of literally just like the iris opens up like a flower and just shoots out these beams to like super fast blood. And then, like I said, the tendrils which come out of their hands, like their nail pops up 90 degrees, and the tendril comes out of the hole in there. It's kind of gross. 
pretty girls. It's one thing I never liked about Araki. His artwork is a little disturbing. But, either way, so, long story short, these super gods end up kicking Jojo's ass, and they're going to kill him, and Jojo is able to bullshit his way out of it, saying, yeah, look, I hurt you. You see, I, I got a bump in your arm. But, you know, I could if you give me a month, I could probably kick your ass. But, you know, it's you're going to kill me anyway, so kill me anyway. Like, okay, we'll give you a month. And they put these things, which they call wedding rings. It's like a, a ring that they... Because they're able to go inside bodies. It's really gross. It's like um, like the, your body's putty, and they can just put their hand right in there. It's really gross. So they put these two, quote-unquote, wedding rings. They're these internal time bombs set to release poison into JoJo's bloodstream within 33 days. So what happens is they give him 33 days to, f- to get strong, fight them, and their uh, antidote is in these rings that they have. Like on, on ACDC, it's his nose ring, and then on Wham, it's his lip ring. So he has to be able to defeat them and fight them. And so what happens is that JoJo is reunited with, of course, Z- cyborg Nazi Stroheim, and of course his friend Zeppeli, and what happens is that they decide they're going to go trained by Zeppeli's master, this woman known as Lisa Lisa, and big plot spoiler, uh, sorry plot spoiler Lisa Lisa is Jojo's mother but he doesn't know that because he was raised by Arena, who is now old and senile and very bitter and angry and she loves Jojo and she's very odd and it's kind of funny so Long story short, turns into a huge fighting montage, which involved them climbing up a greasy pole and then flipping a cup upside down and putting their finger in it like jello. Very odd, but it works, and in 30 days, become super strong, and they end up having to fight Wham and ACDC and Cars 4. Besides the Red Stone of Asia, they also have to just fight to defeat Cars' ultimate goal to become the ultimate life form and destroy the world. Will he do it? Will he be able to save the day? And will he get the girl Susie Q to love him? Well, you have to read it to find out. Compared to the first series, which was kind of cool, because, I mean, Jack the Ripper with his his shuriken razors and all of his other stuff, and a lot of the other weird things. I like this one a little bit more. I don't know why. It was It was a much better story than the first predecessor. I mean, yes, there are vampires in it, because the main antagonists are these, like, super vampires, but they don't seem like typical vampires where, I'm gonna bite you and and suck out your blood. They're much more demented and demonic and screwed up. Like, there's this one villain who's actually known as Wired Beck. Yes, named after Beck. Jeff Beck, who had album named Wired, and he's this vampire who gets his ass kicked by Lisa Lisa at the end of the series, and what happens is he had the ability to make all of his hair into these super sharp splinters, so they're like spikes, and he goes, okay. It's kind of like if you ever played Dot Hack, how at the end of every sentence, the goblins, they say, how are you doing, Gob? I'm fine, Gob. Do you want some money, Gob? He says, hey, I'm going to kick your ass now, okay? And then what's going to happen is I'm going to beat you and suck your blood, okay? And I hate you so much, okay? Gets really fucking annoying. And Jojo with his signature phrase, which I think is, um, yare yare dazel, which it roughly translates as, um, what the hell did it translate as? Well, oh my god, or, uh, well, 
Yeah, like, oh my god, is his best thing. And he just annoys the hell out of Jojo a lot. And then you have the other characters like Smokey, the black kid who he saves, just kind of shows up for the beginning and then he disappears. And then he shows up again. He's kind of just a throwaway character, but he's there. Then you have Arena, who's just there for... just there. And then Robert E.O. Speedwagon. You know, just he's there for mental and moral support. Um, you have Zeppeli, who... He's kind of cool, because he has these ability called Soap Bubbles. Because the Ripple works through water, so he has these, like, soap bubble actuaries in his gauntlets. So he throws them, and all these soap bubbles come out, and he uses the ripple through them, so he makes, like, blades and all this other stuff. He's okay, he's a ladies' man, but he's kind of a dick, too. I just... He kind of just pisses me off, and he was okay. Uh, some of the other vampires... Well, I was going back to the vampires. The vampires are just kind of, well, odd and unique. I mean, I love the fact that they all have their own special non-vampire abilities, like the actuary, the bright sabers, the I'm indestructible, the skill of fire, the blood which boils more than 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and his weird Suhark warfares based on deception issues. There's a lot of just very kind of cool stuff in this series as opposed to the original, which was just, okay, it is just Dio, and he goes and he shoots up Sorry, he shoots out laser beams, and he's just a very Machiavellian villain. These villains are just superhuman and just antagonistic and evil. And I like that this series, actually, this story arc gave the origin of what the Stone Mask was and what it did. Now, unfortunately, this is the end of the vampires as the villains in JoJo's, because after this, it becomes the whole... Well, there is a vampire left, but the majority of them are these stand users, and well, when we get up to the part three of this series, when we go over the third story arc, which introduces Jotaru, and well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but when we get into that series, it should be a little bit better, but either way, series is a, was a much better than the first one, story-wise. Art-wise, I don't like Iraqi's art. I mean, it's kind of detailed, and a lot of the moves are really cool, but the bodies are like, I have a 23-pack, and I'm all ripply and muscly, and I look like I'm a mixture between uh, the artwork from Eon Flux to a weird Picasso painting. Very vulgar and odd for the body types, but then you have some things like the cops look like gigantic pig-esque humans, like, you know, fat, ugly, pitiful, and the vampires look just very, well, they look gay. I mean, this is like Fist of the North Star fashion meets, well, San Francisco. A lot of the clothing is very feminine and odd and just really confusing and just really outrageous and out there. You're like, hi there! You know, women look okay. Like, Lisa Lisa, she's 50 years old. She looks like she's, well, 25 and she looks kind of hot. And she, you know, she's done well, but the guys look just kind of atrocious and odd-looking, just kind of like, hello, how are you doing? I'm going to fight you now, and I'm going to fight you too in this odd way. We're going, wacha. Very unusual and odd. Uh, like I said, a lot of music references, Speedwagon, which is Ario Speedwagon. You have uh, Zeppeli for Led Zeppelin. You have two assistants of Lisa Lisa who are known as uh, 
Loggins and Messina for Kenny Loggins and Jim Messina, these pop rock duo from the 70s. Uh, Messina was remembered also this group called Poco. Never heard of it before, but heard they're really good. Susie Q, I think that's from The Sandwich, of course. Like I said, Santana is from the rock group Santana. ACDC, if you don't know who they are, well, you need to brighten your, brighten your musical horizon. Wham! is just George Michael's Wham! And then Cars is an old 80s new wave group called Cars. And like I said, they have all the references for all that, which is pretty good. No super special techniques in this series except Soap Bubbles! Oh, and I forgot Straits for Dire Straits. There's more in the next volume, but we won't get into that till later. Uh, so, yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Battle Tendency. What could I say about the second story arc? But, much better than the first story arc. Uh, much more unique, and lots of vampires and Nazis in it. Because the Nazis are not bad in this. I mean, they're evil because they want to resurrect... The Stone Pillar guys, but once they screw up, they realize, we screwed up, we have to save the day. And they do. There's a lot of other weird stuff, including an airplane that's able to fly into space, and just some really absurd things, including a chariot race fight, which was pretty cool, because you got these two guys using vampire horses and ripples and these weird crossbows that shoot these two bullets, which are really big and absurd, and just guys with horns. Some of the vampires have these horns that they use. They're, they And one guy who, to pump himself up, gouges his eyes out. So he's like, I'm going to kill you now. First I'm going to gouge my eyes out to be awesome. So, very odd and obscure. So, what am I going to give? Battle Tendency, which is actually... Dainibu Joseph Joestar, Sono Hokoratu Keto. The part two of the, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Joseph Joestar, his proud lineage. Well, I have to give this series, which is pretty good. I'm going to give it a gift from your crazy aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. Which is much better than the last one, which I gave, which was kind of low. Because this is a pretty good series, and for the last entry of our super violent month of violence, JoJo was, well, pretty good. I mean, Compared to the insanity which happened in Fist of the North Star and Rikio, it's kind of negligible with some of the stuff which happens. I mean, killing a guy with a Coke bottle is pretty cool, but you have to admit that when a guy rips out his own entrails to choke you with them, that beats it 10 to 1. So it was pretty good. It's worth reading. It definitely is. It's worth checking out. It's not something you can just avoid, but is okay. If you don't like this horrific artwork, you're not going to like it, because you'll be distracted by it. If you like violence, you'll like it. If you like an interesting story that has to do with vampires, that are not vampires, you'll like it. If you are looking for traditional vampires, you're not going to like it. If you're looking for some romantic story, 50-50. You might, might like it, you might not. If you're looking for effeminate men who you can write lots of doujinshis about, this is the one for you, because look extremely feminine in it. It's pretty good. Pretty unique and just pretty wah. Yes. Whoa, that was a pretty long review, I think. Yeah, because I went on and on and on and on. On and on and on and on. We didn't start... The oh, sorry. Went on a little rant there, because this is from the 80s. I should be talking about the 30s. Oh, yes. 30s art style was pretty good, because it takes place in Rome and Italy. It was 
pretty well done, as opposed to last time when it was the, well, it was the 1800s, and he looks like out of something out of a rock album. So it's a little better than last time. And I love the fact that it's not a Japanese main character. He's an American, well, an Englishman, just like the first series where he's an Englishman. Well, eventually when we get to the third series, we'll see how it comes out. Uh, so, what else is going on with the Spire and Mong review? Well, nothing much, you know. Like I said, birthday weekend, so I might take a week off. So that should be good. And, uh, I think that's it. Oh, oh yes, of course, you can... If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email me at spirekin at gmail.com. That's S-P-R-A-K-E-N. You can uh, send me a message on Twitter under Spirekin. I'm also on Xbox Live under Zan space Spirekin. And I got Assassin's Creed, and it is the greatest game ever. It truly is. It's truly awesome and excellent and just beautiful. It really is. And, uh... Think that's it? Yeah, that's it for this episode of the Spark and my review. Oh yes, uh, we'll get into Assassin's Creed next time. But uh, oh, I remember now. The most important thing, of course, we're speaking about some of the other contact information. You gotta check out the website, which is spirekin.podbean.com. There is no www in front of it. It's http colon forward slash forward slash spirekin.podbean.com. All show notes and information is at that website. Uh, it used to be on the feed, but for some reason they've been cutting the feed off, so it just has the first sentence. All the other stuff I write usually has been cut off, so you don't get any of the weekly questions or any of that stuff. Check it out. The website's pretty cool. If you want me to redesign it, just email me and I'll do something with it. We'll see what happens. Uh, you can also call me at 206-426-6665. That again is 206-426-MONK. I will play any message on air. Any message. Uh believe that's it. Yeah, that's it for this episode of Spark and Monger View. The only thing left is the one part we've all been waiting for. And what part am I speaking of? It's that time for yes. The one. The only. The Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga, you're wondering? Wheel of Manga is the best part of this show. The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten different manga titles on it. Now, what I've done is I'm going to spin the Wheel of Manga. Whenever number lands on that's what we're reviewing for the next episode of the Spirekin Manga Review. And since we're done with our two theme months of horror and violence, I'm now back to whatever the hell is on here. So I've gotten some Yaoi on here. I've gotten some Shonen on here. I've gotten some Shoujo, some Josie. I even have some Gekiga in here. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get something good, but you know how it is. It's probably going to be something bad because with my luck, because of all the things I've been doing, because I've been getting good, 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 we might get something just kind of... But we'll see what happens. So let me spin the Wheel of Manga and see what I'm going to be getting for the next episode of the Spike and Manga Review. So I've spun the Wheel of Manga and it has dictated that number five. And number five is going to be... Okay, so I'm going to be reviewing an... Oh. Okay, so I'm going to be reviewing a manga called Disappearing Diaries. Hmm. Uh, well, we'll see how it is. Should be good, so just so either way. That's it for this episode of the Spark and Mong review. Uh, I'm gonna be reviewing Disappearing Diaries next time. Well, I'm gonna wait a little bit, I'm gonna wait till after my birthday. If you want to send me birthday wishes, you can email me because my birthday is November thirtieth, which is kinda cool. So send me any email wishes and I hope you enjoy it. So as usual, Spark and Mong review, I'm your host Zan.
Thank you for everything you've done. Continue listening to me. Continue to li oh, I love doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And, like I said, as usual, this is on and I am gone.